0: Hey, good evening. Welcome to the Conventional Sniper Podcast. I'm your spotter, Justin Clutty. Uh, tonight with us uh, is Connor McGee. He will be our shooter tonight. Connor, hey, welcome to the podcast, man.
1: Hey, thanks. Good to be here.
0: So uh, for those of you who don't know, if, if uh, for those that are listening, hey, I, I apologize that we haven't had a podcast in a while. I've had some issues to, with my lungs not related to COVID, uh, some burn pitch exposure stuff. But if if, Connor, if you could please explain who you are, what you are, what you did, what you do now. You know, give us the the background.
1: Yeah, sure. So I joined the Marine Corps in 2016, back in January. After about six months being there, you go through boot camp, you go through infantry training time, you get designators and infantrymen. I joined my infantry unit. They're running a screener. And when the scout sniper platoon runs a screener, X amount of guys will show up, depending on how many slots they have, that's how many they'll take. I was fortunate enough to be one of the guys that made it through that process. Six months later, I got sent to sniper school and I was fortunate enough to pass And one TAC-17 graduated April 6th. So, April 6th of... 2017.
0: So, from 2017 to 2020, you were a sniper.
1: Yes. So, three years. Yes. And what do you do now? Right now, I just got out. I got out a month ago. I was having some issues in there, both physically and mentally. So, I just decided that it was probably time for me to step back and work on myself a little bit. Take a knee, observe. Take a knee, observe. Just kind of check myself, but... For now, getting ready to go back to school, hopefully go down the medical route, maybe end up being a doctor, a physician's assistant, but time will tell. Well, I guess I trust you already. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway hey, welcome to the podcast, man. Uh,
0: good to have you. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Connor's dad was on here at one point. He's our, our famous F-18 pilot who I quote when he said, I just hit the pickle switch and send it. So um, <laughs> for, for all of you that have, have talked to me before and have said that that's your favorite podcast, I now have his uh, son on here, so again, Connor, thanks. Welcome, dude. Um, it's, it's good to have a Marine Corps guy on here, man, because uh, unfortunately I don't see too many Marine Corps dudes, except for Philip Vallejo, um, if you follow him on, which I'm sure everyone in the Marine Corps does, but um, yeah. I don't see too many Marine Corps guys doing a podcast. Maybe that's not just because I, I haven't searched too hard for you guys, but uh, <laughs> no pun intended here on the sniper side. But anyway, it's good to have a Marine Corps dude, I think, coming to the podcast, and hopefully we can have you on more, <clears throat> have you on more. It'll be good to have both sides of the coin because the Marine Corps side is very different from the Army side as far as doctrine. And I would say the training is relatively the same from what I understand, but there are definitely big differences for sure. So uh, it'll be good to have you on. Anyway, so let's do the uh, the Intel update. Uh, for those of you who are still following along or are new to the podcast, there is a discount code still active on OSOC Apparel. That's OSOCApparel.com, O-S-O-K com, And the discount code is THE. Sniper podcast. It's one word, all lowercase. Was well, actually three words, but you get the point. It's the Sniper podcast. Get you ten percent off. Help those dudes out over there. They can make some sweet swag. I think I'm on my third hat from them. I don't know how many shirts I have of theirs. I'm wearing their Ernest their, uh their Hemingway shirt tonight. So uh, make sure you check them out. They're good dudes over there. But uh, yeah, again, the code is the Sniper podcast. Um, also the The new gathering date has been set for October 9th through 11th uh, in Texas. Um, I'm going to mispronounce the the name of the town, so I'm not going to say it, but um, if you're in the community, make sure you check out the Army Sniper Association's Instagram page as well as the Scout Sniper Association's page for the dates and the times. And I'm sure there's a – or excuse me, their Instagram pages, but I'm sure their Facebook pages have it too. But uh, just make sure you check those out, and hopefully we'll see you there. Um, Also on the intel update – the Army recently just did a graduating class of infantry basic recruits that got forwarded on to sniper school as part of uh, a test program to see if you can take basic regular recruits or infantry graduates, I should say, excuse me, and put them right into sniper school and have, you know, a graduating class with them. Uh, there were some, you know, you had, a two, you had to have a 270 PT score, you had to have an expert marksmanship score, you had to good to land nav. If you made those qualifications and some others, you went through a five day screener program. And if you graduated from that five day screener program, then you got to go to sniper school and hopefully pass. Um, And if I'm correct, it is classes 04 and 05 of 2020. But um, congratulations to those dudes. You know, it's good to hear that that's happening within the community. Um, Anyway, you know, congratulations to those guys, those top graduates as well. I understand that there were top graduates that were basic training graduates. Um, and if you're a current sniper on the force, if you're Bravo Ford or, uh, what do they call the Marine Corps? 317 If you're an O three seventeen and you have an infantry guy from the army, who's barely out of base of training and he's getting top shot or top team, you should probably go back and reevaluate your training because if you didn't graduate that well, uh, on the list or you didn't attend sniper school, but you're in a section and base training candidates are getting it. There's obviously something wrong and you need to reevaluate yourself and you need to get there. Um, But as far as that goes with the infantry guys, welcome, welcome to the community. Just keep in mind that this is just the beginning. This is not, uh, just because you've graduated the school does not mean you are truly a sniper yet. There is a lot to learn. I mean, you're in for three years, Connor. I'm sure there's tons of stuff that from
1: when you graduated the school to where you are now night and day, I imagine. Oh, yeah, it was when I graduated, I thought, "Hey, this is what I've been training for this is what I'm gonna do. I feel like i've I've got everything under control and then within two weeks of getting back to my unit, so I was a late deployer, so I went out and met them. It was the huge learning curve stepping out of the role that I was used to, which was just you know I was a radio guy, so I was in charge of comms. I figured I kind of had this idea that go to the schoolhouse, graduate, that's what everyone talks about. It's all hyped up. now you can bend bullets yeah, I, I could. Like, whatever the, that movie was called, where they would do that. That thing where they would just whip the bullet around it would hit the target. No I, know, I had uh, Morgan Freeman in it. I can't remember the name. Yeah, I mean, you know, Angela and Jolie. But, yeah, you know, that's that's what I thought in my head. And then I got back to the platoon. And it was like, yeah, you know, I've got so much more to learn. And there's all these different applications, different things that my team leaders were covering down on that I hadn't even thought about. So it was a real eye-opener to come back, realizing I've got so much more to learn. And there's so many blank spaces I still need to fill. So, so what... What would you say was like the
0: first epiphany moment, if you can remember that you were like, holy crap, I have so much more to learn. <laughs> like, besides, besides your, hey, I just showed up to section and here I am. Like, What was the
1: first, the first thing you're like, man, I'm behind the power curve? I think it was when I got my first mission. They're like, hey, here, you're going to be attaching with this company. They're going to task you out. Here are your guys. Go make it happen. Because I was just so used to, the team leader would go deal with that, and I would just plan out the comm, I would plan out maybe route cards, uh, stuff that's kind of just, it's pattern stuff. It's, it just kind of fades in the background after a while. Like, you get so used to it, it's secondhand nature, but actually having to critically think about where I was going to take my guys, how I was going to employ my guys, what what kind of SOPs we were going to use, what kind of gear would make the most sense, briefing everything, getting approval from the commander, Making sure that what I had in mind would link up with what their overall plan was gonna be. It was just a lot of stuff I'd never considered before and I was like, whoa. That's definitely like an in depth process because the
0: same same thing happened to me. Like when I got in a section, I had two deployments under my belt already. I was a pretty seasoned combat dude. I show up this section, I'm like, Alright man, I'm fucking good, teach me mills, minutes, how to shoot shit, remember shit in my head <laughs> and I'm I'm a you know, I'm I'm an assassin, I'm Tom Cruise, you know? The top <laughs> gun right now and uh, I was like oh wait there's a lot more to this there's seer considerations there's there's you know you have the loadout man is completely different and it's fucking heavy and there's not nine dudes in your squad there's three if you're lucky the section comes with you in the army and you got four yeah like all right i got to carry medical just just knowing more medical as a sniper i think is a really um it's it's a, it's an asset that's lost that's when you snipers like hey i'm going to go get advanced medical like, what are you gonna do? Calling a bird all the time? That you know, you're not calling in a bird in the middle of contact while some dude just got shot in the chest. If you're compromised. Like, if if I get compromised, I want to know medical. And I'm pretty
1: sure none of these schools cover medical. No, there is there is no training. I mean, we're we might be a little different in the army in that it's not unusual for us to have a corpsman come out with us, mm. be like the equivalent of an army medic. Yeah. So usually we'd have one of them attached to the team, but yeah, if the corpsman was the guy that got hit. Most of the guys know maybe a little bit of basic stuff, how to slap a tourniquet on, but stop good, bleeding, et cetera. Yeah, good luck trying to get a bird in where usually teams will set up to observe a place or maybe even end up trying to execute their mission. So, if you were coming out of school, what would you say is like the number
0: one thing? Now, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty here, but if you were, if you were new, if you knew there was a brand new guy coming to your unit straight out of basic training, he's got six months in, in the Marine Corps of the Army.
1: What would be one of the biggest things that you would tell him? I think honestly, if I was looking at it, it'd be kind of a combination between like, Hey, I'm going to show you how to run a team and I'm going to put you in charge of this, this section. I'm going to be kind of your assistant team leader. I'm going to walk you through this process. Cause that was something that at least for me, based on the scenario that I went through, I didn't have. So it was more of just trying to get out there and get that experience. I wouldn't tell him per se one thing that would be the, the catch all solution I would just immediately start putting him in these leadership roles, so that he would understand exactly how each component of the team is supposed to work. So that if he finds himself in the scenario I found myself in, he would have a better understanding of how to actually brief and execute missions.
0: Um, how do you feel about females becoming a sniper? Because this is, this is a hot topic, and I didn't tell you about this. <laughs> I didn't tell you about this before we started because I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna catch him on the side with this because. Females are allowed in the infantry now. And your brother's married to a female Marine, right? He is. He is. All right. So obviously there's, there's a little first hand perspective here <laughs> in, the, in your family. But um, how would you – you look at history, right? Look at the Russians. Russians used female snipers. Great. The Israelis, female snipers. Great. The Kurds, mm-hmm. female snipers. Great. How would you feel about a female sniper in the Marine Corps?
1: I think right now with the way the loadouts are, how much weight we carry – the chances of a female getting injured are just significantly higher than it is for a guy. I mean, dudes get, dudes get injured pretty bad, too. They do. But when you look at, it, specifically, there was, the Marine <clears> Corps <throat> went pretty in-depth with this, with their study back in 2016 when they were comparing integrated units. And there was not a single integrated unit that performed better in that specific infantry study. There's not a single one. You can pull up that study, Marine Corps Integrated Unit Study, and you can go through all of the all the paperwork, all the, Different tests they did all the different.
0: Did they do combat an,
1: applications? They did. Went they do to. an integrated study with female snipers in a female section,
0: or say an all female section, or an integrated female section. Did they do any of that?
1: They didn't do anything with snipers. It was just basic, just infantry. basic infantry stuff. Yeah. So I wonder.
0: I wonder then if if you had an all female infantry section, or excuse me, an all female sniper section, if it if it would. I mean, I certainly see the psychological aspect to this, and I think that's a valid. Uh, I think it's a valid card to have in my pocket. Do I think it's something to hang my hat on? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because there there are way more aspects to this. But I don't I don't think uh, it'd be interesting to see if the Marine Corps do. I don't think the Army's ready for it. Um, I mean, I think the Army has a hard enough time getting the big Army to accept the changing aspects of sniping. You know, as it comes to the future warfare, the future warfare space. Um, I think just tossing a female on this, like, hey, guess what? You're a long gunner, man or a girl, like, good luck. Like, you're, and you're just going to get lost by the wayside. You know, you're not going to, your career longevity, I think, you know, as we're, as we're learning as snipers now, is not, it's
1: not long. No. Um, for the Marine Corps side of things, I don't think that the institution itself is per se ready for that kind of change. I'm not sure what the... The institution the, at the higher level or at the lower level? Both. I think there would be a lot of, there would be a lot of friction with something like that. But there is, as you point out, the utility of the psychological aspect mm-hmm. where some of these guys in ISIS and whatnot view it as they're not going to paradise if they get killed by a woman. So there's different ways to to look at this from a psychological aspect. I just don't think that right now the community and the institution are in a place where they're going to try anything like that. But again, there there may be a home for it. Because they're, women are involved with different soft teams. They're involved right. with different... They're involved in everything. Yeah. Which, as far as I'm concerned, hey, you're an American, American soldier or American
0: Marine or sailor or whatever. I want you in the fight. I'd rather have you in the fight than not in the fight.
1: Yeah. You know. So I think just going ahead and saying, like, hey, there's no place for you here, there's never going to be a place for you here, would be the wrong approach. Because I'm sure if you were to find... There's, there's certainly going to be a scenario where you could probably find a place for it but I'm not going to be the guy to say, "Hey, this is it. This is not it." I just think that right now, as it is, I don't think there's a, a place right now. I think politically, it could be charged pretty hard. But I, I agree with you in that I
0: don't think. I don't think the physicality of the
1: situation would would help their cause at all. No, with with the loads that are carried now, I remember the first mission I went on, I was carrying about 120 pounds in my ruck. That's that's and, light for a sniper. Yeah, but still when you consider that against a mean body weight, I weighed 190 pounds at the time, so I still had quite a bit of, of mass behind that too, but and how tall are you? Six feet even.
0: <laughs> Thanks but, for that. Perfect, <laughs> perfect even dot zero zero, huh?
1: Well, you gotta make sure it's out there for the future tender profile. <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be verified.
0: Do, do you on your Tinder profile, do you put yourself in a ghillie suit?
1: Uh you know,
0: I've, I've never tried that. Is that something that you've
1: tried with any success?
0: Um, no, I have an ugly enough face that I can just hide behind the mask as it is. So, no, I don't. It, uh, I mean, as your dad would say sometimes, that I don't necessarily go for the... Uh, anyway, I'm going to get off this topic. <laughs> anyway, uh, back to the shooting stuff. So, <clears throat> what I would say as, as a new guy coming off, I think for the Army it's good. I think for the Army it's good because it can show the future of what this can do as an MOS. I think that's important to note because we've we known every war since rifles have been a thing, whether smooth bore or, or you know, musket or or center fire cartridge, that that the accuracy always wins the day. And I think going fush, going forward into the future, the big the days of the big battalions and the days of the big maneuver elements are over. I think, you know, you, you toss up a drone and what tank? You know, I can hit your tank before your tank can hit my drone at thirty thousand feet. You know, yeah. I, I can fly from the safety of Moscow and smoke you in the Middle East with my drone or vice versa from Las Vegas to the Middle East. You know, you're going to have to have dudes on ground that are, are maintaining the aircraft. And there has to be a launch site, which that's another target area for snipers is where is your launch site? You know, hit the pilots on the ground. takes a lot of time to learn how to fly drones,
1: Yeah, you know, especially, at that level. Especially for these smaller drones where their battery life is maybe 30 minutes or... Some of these other remote control ones where their range is only a certain distance, like, say, 5,000 meters, 10,000 meters. So you, you automatically know that they're within this certain area. Yeah. So, like, uh, we talked about it before and went
0: over it beforehand because I was kind of giving you the, the hey, this is where the, the Army's going and the Marine Corps needs to catch up. <laughs> but you've got, like, the DGI fan, right? So it's got, like, a 7,500-meter a, a range, but it's got a 28-minute flight time. Yeah. So it's got, like, a 2.5-pound payload. So we know... There than 7,500 meters, I've got a drone somewhere. So like as a sniper, the – I don't want to call it two-dimensional, but the one-dimensional space, the linear engagement area as far as concealment goes is no more. And even then, I would even say it's like camouflage or concealment is asymmetrical because I've got visual optics, I've got electrical optics, and then I've got like uh, – I've got drones, right, which have optics on them, the cameras. So yep. I know that I have to hide – visually from sniper scopes per se and then i have to hide electronically from infrared and thermal so i have to hide my heat signatures but then i also know that drones and apaches or hind helicopters or like this the a29 super tacana which is a fixed wing aircraft prop turboprop, those all have sensors on them that can detect me mm-hmm. so i know the old school standard of of what i see in front of me is what i have to hide from it's the things that are way up above that Camouflage and concealment has to evolve to keep up with. And I'm not talking about like, oh, let's go buy the Army's new infrared and thermal camouflage monkey suit or pickle suit. I got multicams. Like, multicams do nothing. I mean, yes, we have digital reduction uniforms, but that's not, it's not good enough. You need another layer, you know? So I think as a young sniper, you got to learn that. And I think it's good that the Army is bringing these dudes in now at a younger age, because these guys that have gone up against ISIS with, you know, a DJI Phantom, drop in a three D printed RPG warhead, they're gonna be like, hey young buck, like, you gotta think about this stuff. I didn't have to worry about it when I was in, but this is where it's going. So I think it's good coming in at a young age to teach these guys about these things. Because if
1: not, it takes it takes one warhead on a forehead and that sniper team is gone. Yeah, it was definitely something that was never even a consideration for me when I got out of the schoolhouse. I was just so still on that one-track mindset that I came and I did what I was supposed to do, and now I know everything I need to know. And then two weeks later after graduating, I'm getting a whole new view on exactly what I'm supposed to be doing and then opening up my critical thinking again because I think every Marine can relate the That's first six months <laughs> to a year after you get <laughs> out of it. It's here.
0: really different, really different
1: <laughs> for a Marine. Yeah, I mean, you're in this sort of robotic limbo where – if it has a higher rank than you, you're doing what you're told, and there's really no deviating from that, even though you might be thinking, hey, you know, I think that this might be a better way to handle this task. I'm there's, confused why I'm doing it. Yeah, there's yeah. there's no challenging that. It's I, Lance Corporal, I, Corporal, I, Sergeant, and that's the end of the story. I mean, okay. it makes sense for the reputation of
0: the Marine Corps. Like, you guys are... For I, what, for what you are, guys are, You guys are a punching bag. I hate to say it. But, <laughs> but, hey, if I need someone to go in there and get an ass-whipping but give an ass-whipping at the same time, unfortunately, I'm not... I'm not going to send the Army in first. I'm going to send the Marine Corps because, you know what, uh, I will admit, dude, I would not want to go to Marine Corps-based training. I wouldn't. I think it's tougher than the Army for sure, um, and I think you guys are definitely more tenacious. You know, like Chesty Puller said when he first saw a flamethrower, like, where's the bayonet go? Like, the Army doesn't go, where's the bayonet? They go, What's the uh, what's, how much is this way, and how much flame time do I have? How do I resupply? What's the logistics of this? The Marine Corps just goes, does it have a bayonet? Like, I don't give a fuck about anything else. I just know what happens when I run out. To How do I kill things with it? Like, <laughs> that's it, you know? So I think for the Army, again, to backtrack, I think it's good they learn these things, you know? I mean, I don't know how to defeat drones with a sniper rifle. you? No. <laughs> good luck. So, so, like, how do I do this as a sniper, you know? I have to develop those SOPs, a young guy, in my teams to think about it. And I'll be honest, if I was a dude, if I was a section leader right now, just to have fun at a stock lane. I'd go find a drone somewhere in in the brigade and be like, hey, man, look, I want you to go find us in the field. We're going to do a stock lane. Can you just fly overhead? And just let my dudes know that there's a drone overhead. Put us in audible range so I can hear you. So my guys begin like, all right, I hear this. It begins to register in my head that I can hear things. Well, which is better, hearing or sight? You know, it's different for every person. Some people have better hearing, which let's be honest, by the time you're a sniper in the army, you're pretty much deaf. So you probably have better sight than you do hearing. <laughs> so, um, you know, it it triggers in your brain that battle drill mentality. Like, okay, I hear this. What's over my head? Am I looking at the sky? Yes, I am. All right, I need to get at least under a goddamn tree.
1: You know, yeah, it's definitely a, a whole new way to conceptualize doing concealed movements because mm-hmm. at least when I remember going through and doing stocklands, the last thing on my mind is what's overhead. It was kind yeah. of more, what's in front of me, and what's to my side, and where's the, where's the damn truck? It yeah, where's, a, where's my teammates? <laughs> you know? I mean, dude, yeah. the Army doesn't even do team stocks,
0: which, I am like, if you've got a full team of snipers right now, let's say, so the Army has teams of three, right, in a, in a team, not, not necessarily in a section, but in a team, yep. like a team of three, maybe four,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Why am I not doing a team stock?
1: We don't have team stocks either. It was, at a, the advanced sniper schoolhouse, it was kind of... We were doing all these different exercises, like, "Hey, here's stuff to consider. Right, things for your tool bag. Try it this way." And we did a a four man stock. You know, you leave a guy behind the ORP, send up the FFP, etc. You guys split off onto two. Yeah, so So two in in the hide, two in the surf. Yep,
0: we did that. It was it was only one time, and at least had it it go as like a a buddy
1: team hide or a buddy team stock, rather. How was that? It was kind of a shit show just because it was the first time any of us had ever done anything like that. So it was trying to figure out exactly how to utilize the whole scenario to the way that it maybe should have gone. And so then like what? Like, I was like going going to depth. Tell me about this. I've never done a Team Stock. So it'd be like one guy'd be like, Hey, I've had a lot of luck going through this kind of veg to get up there, I'm telling you guys it's this way and then you've got another dude going, No, 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 I always stick to the little ditches and the, the micro terrain. Yeah. I stick to that and that's how I've always done it. I, I'm telling you guys to do this. Then you've got four different methods. all trying to decide what to do with that crunch timeline in one spot. And it was, if we've been able to do this two, three, four, maybe five more times, really iron out. like, yeah. All right, here's what we tried last time and just sort of really flesh it out instead of it being like a one and done kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Well, what I would say is that,
1: um, it's
0: kind of like I would take a book out of the medical world since you want to be a doctor. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> Hey, oh, hey can you
0: imagine like, being in a hospital and be like, oh, what would you do in the Marine Corps? Oh, nothing. I was just a sniper. <laughs> like, no big deal. I'm just a doctor now. It's cool. Um, yeah, I, I save lives instead I take them. Anyway, I digress. So uh, I would take it out of the medical book. Like, you know like you have a litter and like the back right dude or one dude in the litter is in control of it, right? Yep. And if he says, hey, front move to the left, guess what happens? You move to the left. If I say swing to the left, guess what? Everyone pivots and swings to the left, Right. So what I would use if I was, let's say, I'm the team leader of this four man team, right? Sure. And like, you and Joe Snuffy are going to be the actual surf site, and me and Bob Snuffy are going to be the hide, right? So we're going to be behind you. I would say, hey, Connor, you're in charge. So Joe Snuffy, whatever Connor says, you do. If Connor says you go through the mud, you shut your mouth, you go through the mud. And usually, in my opinion, I would put the most experienced guy to do something like this. The most experienced guy is going to be in the litter. He's not going to, or he's going to be in control of the litter. Not the, you know, the the robot at the front, like, oh, I'm just running along, Sergeant. You know, like, I want you to be in charge of the team going forward because
1: that's your command and control. Yeah, I think the, the other thing, too, that made that exercise unique was that it was all senior team leaders that were in this course. So it was all guys that are used to being in charge. And so there was a little bit of friction there and then just trying to really work out all those kinks to – get the thing to actually go and in the end it, it kind of came together but at the same time we did a i believe there was a second one where they had a roving patrol which really shed another element to like oh, i'm not just going against the observers there's active guys looking for me out here on this lane that again completely changed the dynamic and opened my eyes to like whoa this is way more than the dimensions i was originally thinking of it as to kind of tie it back into the whole drone aspect you know, maybe maybe we should find a way to bring like this advanced type stuff to the army
0: because the army sniper school is not going to do it. So I wonder, I wonder if we put together like a class. And we went around to different duty stations and we're like, hey, we will find land for you, or you can set up the land, and we'll come down there and help you run this type of lane, and you can work as a team, and we'll work as like a counter sniper team. So at any point in time, you're like, hey, I want to do counter sniper, instead of you having to go get another sniper platoon leader or coordinate outside your brigade or whatever which you should be doing anyway you should be networking Mm -hmm. but so you're just like I just want to call someone they come down here and work counter sniper against us and just collect intel on us and see sight unseen how we would do things Uh, we could figure out a way to do that that'd be pretty cool I think it'd be fun
1: anyway yeah especially in the Marine Corps where it's you have your infantry units and they each have a sniper platoon attached to them and they're all the different platoons are kind of on their own program that would definitely be something they could just integrate into their regular downtime white space training that they're, when they're back in the rear, not deployed, that I could see a, a pretty big application for that. Well, what I, what I will say is that the the Army has, like, role players. Like, you know, you go to the Sandbox. Yeah. They have,
0: like, the guys that are pretending to be Muhammad al-Akbar or, oh, yeah. you know, the Russian counterpart or the Chinese counterpart or whatever. No one has a company that's the sniper counterpart. That's like, how do we evolve TTPs, change the snipers' world perspective – on how good or how not good they are, so I wonder. Just thinking out loud here. I'm sure now everyone in the world's heard this. <laughs> you and I could start something up where, hey, you send us an email, and we'll come down to wherever you're at. You know, we can find a way to do funny. We can figure it out. I'm sure. I'm sure if we went through the ASA or the Scout Sniper Association. We figured something out. <clears throat> Cough, guys. Um, you know, we can probably find a way to get down to wherever you're at and uh, help
1: train that way. I think that'd be a legit way to do it. Yeah, I think it's really going to – the evolution of the community is really going to start to break down to these sort of outside-of-the-box thinking solutions to the bigger picture Well, I mean, forward. it already has.
0: you got every Navy SEAL and Green Beret fucking – excuse my French – Marine Jarhead dude in the world that's like, I'm going to go teach you guys how to do shoot for pistol or let's talk about ready-ups and magazine changes and adrenaline, adrenaline, adrenaline. You're going to have this issue under fire. Well, no one says, hey, man, your snapper team – I'm gonna try to throw it up in your stock lane. Then I'm gonna find you. And you're dead. Oh, and by the way, over, dude over here who had the Funyuns for lunch uh, in the OFP, or the ORP, excuse me, before you set off on your stock lane, you dropped one. Like, things like that were like, hey, here's what, like, when you go to, through stock lane at schoolhouse, right? Yeah. Did they take pictures of, like, when you gave your roster number, when you shot? And you had like a, a film of what's happening and you could see yourself in real time so you could analyze yourself as a, as a, as the boogeyman, as I like to call it. Did they have anything like that for you?
1: They didn't take video. They took pictures. So they would take a picture from the front, from the side. But they, did behind. they do it from the observer's position from like the dude in the truck? No, it was not from that position. It was from the walker's position who's right next to you to show you what your veg is like from their perspective. It wasn't from the truck's perspective. From a distance, right? No. I think I think both needs to happen. I
0: think I think uh it has to happen locally to you, like within ten feet. Yeah. Because like I mean if I can see you within ten feet, like dude thirty feet away can see you. So if I'm a roving patrol or I'm I'm trying to infiltrate a uh a patrol base or I walk through a patrol base by mistake, like, all right, I need to be cognizant that if I'm out of patrol, I should assume I'm being observed. It's like the number one rule every sniper learns. Hey, I'm being observed, right? Yeah. So I need to take the nastiest, dirtiest, toughest route to get through. So if I can be seen moving through or heard moving through, then the enemy's probably going to find me out. So I need to learn that through training. But then the other aspect is okay. I'm setting up an urban hide. I'm setting up. Uh, we're going to call it woodland because every time I say rural, like my New England accent, rural, rural right, it comes out like that. And I can't say it correctly. So we're going to call it call it woodland. Right. Anything outside of an urban area, in the yep. woods or out in a, in a Big open desert. Well, I guess I'll just say desert for desert. But you know, like, I need I need to know what I'm actually doing because I I don't have the ability to be like, man, that tree that I just walked in front of that I thought I was fine, I got smoked because I wasn't paying attention to my surroundings. I wasn't looking up because I'm too busy looking on the ground. Yeah, you know, I mean, I know like you got to learn about the you know the concept of patrolling and stuff, but like I I need to know those things, and I don't. Know, maybe we can figure out some way to do that. We can. We can help evolve the community. It doesn't even have to be shooting. we don't have to do live rounds. You can do that on your own. But as far as the camouflage, you can see them, and I think,
1: I think we can help evolve that. Yeah, I mean, it's something that you can sort of take to take as deep down the rabbit hole as you want to go with it, on and on and on. But, yeah, I definitely think that there's a place for that kind of thinking and that kind of just giving people the perspective that, hey, you're not just in this one-dimensional space. There's There's more to it. That would really help the commander, too, because... <laughs> How many times do you see
0: uh, a commander be like, hey, you're just going to go attach this platoon or you're going to go sit over here or you're going to go be PST for this, but they don't really have like an enemy sniper element in the area that's actively collecting intelligence on them. Every JRTC, which is in Louisiana, which is like your wooded like certification for going down range, you have to pass there in order to go down range or NTC rotation, which is the desert version for mechanized guys. Yeah. I've never really seen like a I mean, JRTC has a sniper team, but organic to duty stations, I don't I don't see that type of training where a unit comes there is like, "Hey, I need a counter sniper during my squad stick lanes," you know? Where I'm gonna yeah. Do, you know, you do like your your uh your dry, your blank, your live iterations. No one gives them a dry iteration of, "Hey, I can see you walking out here and this feel like an idiot." You know, I mean, you get it at school. That's yeah. why it's a stock lane. But outside of that, you get nine dudes in a section, you can't really do Team stocks. Yeah. You know? What are you, what are you gonna do? You're gonna put like one team stocking by themselves and two teams watching? Like, <laughs> if I'm really gonna in, if I'm really gonna use my full sniper section. Like we know for example the Russians right now, and they've been kinda doing it for a long time. This goes back to like the Battle of Stalingrad when they had sixes. They're using a full on section to envelop an area and shape that area to let you know that hey, if you come in here you're gonna die. And they'll trick you to coming in there, like Russians are doing it now in Ukraine. where they'll use a platoon size element and force you to maneuver inside of their kill space. But the Mm -hmm. further you get into thinking you're maneuvering on them, the more you're enveloping yourself and just getting slaughtered by snipers. At the platoon level, no one's teaching that to our guys.
1: Yeah, it wasn't taught to us in depth either. I mean, we did have really, really solid team leaders that would come through and like, hey guys, you need to start thinking about this, you need to start thinking about that. Right. We have the requisite experience, you guys really need to get out of this one-track mindset that the schoolhouse puts you in that the kind of blind robot right right <clears throat> so yeah i mean there's definitely a place for that and in terms of sniper employment, it's going to go back to those mock missions and whatnot that's it was one of the most frustrating things in my old unit where we would be attached to a company and be like hey go check out this intersection and that would be pretty much it and there's no. I can put a machine gun team in an intersection too. It does just the same thing. You can put two PFCs there with a radio. <laughs> it's the same. They're just as capable of hitting push to talk as I am. That's true. So. Which I mean,
0: coming back to that Russian thing, that whole push to talk thing. So I'm going to coin this method. And if someone copies me, I'm going to find you. No, I'm, just, I'm only kidding. Um, so I call it the the pencil to paper method, right? So it's like, like. Uh, Everyone's all, Everyone say, oh, back to basics. But it's not just back to basics, dude. It's it's more advanced than back to basics, right? Because we know technology is great. You know, you can watch Pornhub no matter where you're at. But, like, as soon as you do that, someone's going to find a way to counter it so you can't watch it. Or that you can't transmit. Or that they tell you, your GPS will tell you you're at one spot when you're actually at a different spot. And you're now lost. At, like... It's called spoofing. You can actually go on Amazon and buy a spoofer. It has a certain range and frequency or whatever, but you can go on Amazon right now and buy a spoofer for like 50 bucks. And if you turn your spoofer on, it will jack up every GPS system around it, including your phone. I watched, actually, I watched a video of it on YouTube. A dude that accidentally bumped his button and turned it on, and his phone immediately started walking the GPS dot away from where he was actually at. It just floated across, like, straight highway. He's like, oh. And it just stopped a couple thousand yards away from where he was. Like, oh, okay, I'm clearly not there. I'm at my house. And he was like, well, that's, I get it now. So we know that the enemy has spoofing capabilities, which tricks GPS systems into thinking that it's someplace when it's really not. So as an example, if I'm at grid one, two, three, four, and I'm spoofing, or being spoofed rather, my phone or my GPS will think I'm at grid five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, right? Yep. So... I'm not actually at grid 5 through 10. I'm actually at grid 1 through 4. Make sense? Yeah. So, like, as a sniper, no more Garmin 401s, dude. Get rid of that crap. Leave your cell phones at work. Like, don't bring that – leave that at home, I should say, not at work. Don't bring that stuff in the field with you. Bring a map. Bring a compass. Learn how to conduct reconnaissance of an area and just be like, hey, I don't know where the enemy is, but I'm going to go search for him in the stock lane. Because at that point, the fear of the unknown is I'm not, I'm not directed towards where the truck is, right? Now, I don't know where I'm... I'm just searching an area, searching for the area. I know the enemy's out here somewhere. I got to find him. Now, oh, the truck's at my two o'clock, 800 meters away. I'm going to just find a little lane that I can... You did that at sniper school. Sniper school's over. It's time for you to evolve. No more, I know where the truck is. Need a, a 360 stock lane, man. You get put in the middle of a thousand meter grid and be like, all right, dude, find the truck. That's the way it should be done. And I don't want to say this is, like, like an expert-level thing. Like, you've graduated from the basics at sniper school, tend to we're the expert-level thing, but that's not. That's kind of the basics now.
1: Oh, what about a stock lane at night? Yeah, I don't think that's something that was ever even mentioned or considered. I know we don't do stock lanes at night at our school. No, we don't do it at ours either. And
0: I know snipers operate a lot at night. That's why they shoot at night. We can shoot at night, but we can't stock at night. So maybe it's time... I'm being, you know, I'm being really harsh on this podcast. <laughs> I was supposed to have like a nice smooth, like come through. And now I'm like, ah, I've been watching you guys for, like since January. And I don't know what the hell you guys are doing, but the, the sniper needs, the sniper needs to step up. I got it. Shooting takes a lot of time. No doubt. But learning how to stock, you can just go get a training area with no live rounds and practice all day. You can be home at night. You can take the day off and go in at night and do a stock lane. If you're if you're really worried about, I don't want to take my full day. It's okay to crawl, walk, run. So do a, a dry blank live format. All right, well, dry is going to be, I'm going to do stock lanes during day when they come out of school to test their proficiency as a new sniper. And then I'm going to do a day lane with a team. Now I'm going to do night lanes as an individual and night lanes as a team. And then I'm going to add day lanes with roving patrols and a night lane with roving patrols individual team, and I'm going to do day and night iterations with drones, thermals, and roving patrols, day and night iterations, and then I'm going to add in individuals and teams. That's, and, oh, and by the way, after we're done with all that in the woods, then we're going to go to urban and do it all over again. That should be, there should be a table, like in the army we have tables, tables of fire, right?
1: Yeah, we have the same thing. Yeah,
0: so there should be a table of how to conduct a training range for stocking, and it should go in that order in that iteration individual, team, day, night, increase the levels of difficulty, etc etc. et cetera. That's, I mean, if I, if I had my way and I was the sniper, sergeant major of the world, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the way I would do it, is I would go to Doctrine, which it, if you're, I don't know about the Marine Corps, but in the Army they publish, it's like in the first second, it's like the first two or three pages, and it's like a DA form 22 something, and you go in there and it recommends changes to Doctrine. And I'm gonna look it up while I'm talking, but actually, I'm looking at the old f m anyway, but you should be able to find in there on how to recommend changes, and maybe you know I don't know maybe i'll find I'll find a way to recommend a change or something like that' Cause that's that's something that's that's got
1: to change, yeah, I mean, we have the same thing there's the recommended way to go through and change pubs. I don't think the the Marine Corps sniping pub has been updated since the seventies. <laughs> It's been pretty steady with what it is. I will say that I do like the emphasis on the basic skills, map and compass, not an over-reliance on technology. However, where I do think the... The pencil-paper method. Yeah, pencil-paper method is is definitely alive and well in the Marine Corps schoolhouse. You can't hack a pencil, man. You can't shut a pencil down. You can't
0: detect a pencil.
1: You can't hack good fundamentals either.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, that's... That's a seriously good point, because a pencil never fails.
1: Well, I mean, it does,
0: but you get you get
1: the point, like, yeah. it's, it's a fundamental of writing. Yeah, it's just those fundamental skills as an in infantryman that... Or a sniper, rather. Well, yeah, it comes, I think the two are correlated, there's a lot of crossover. You can't be a good sniper if you're not a good infantryman. Well, they are technically the best infantrymen, that's how they end up <laughs> as snipers. Yeah, I mean,
0: look at every every infantry level, right, the best infantry dudes are snipers. I mean, you look at it at the conventional level, you look at it at the unconventional level, you look at it at Delta, you look at it at like, I don't know, the FBI, you know? Their BORTAC, all of their conventional, or I should say, the tip of... their, their, their premier units, the premier guys in those units, are snipers. They're not like, oh, I'm a breacher. No, dude. You want to be the sniper, not the breacher. I mean, it's cool to go in and kick ass in the doorway, <laughs> but eventually you become the sniper,
1: in that's, my opinion. It's the graduated level of being an infantryman. It's where, if you have the talent, the endurance, the wherewithal, that's where you're going to go. Yeah, it's true. So
0: to come back to what I was saying about the form, for the Army, it's a DA Form 2028, and you're going to end up sending that to the Maneuver Center of Excellence. So if anyone out there is listening and you want to make that change for me, I mean, I'll, I'll do it. I don't care. I will probably will now that I've said it. Um, if you look in the new TC, the email address is in there, and it says to submit an electronic DA form 2028. So I haven't looked at the DA form 2028. Maybe I'll, I'll make some calls and get it done, but I think it's time to change. There has to be a table in here, and I didn't, And maybe I've, I missed it. I'm sure an instructors to be like, well, there is a table for training and improving stocks. But you don't do a team stock at sniper school, but yet you can fail because you have a teammate in the shooting aspect. So why can't you fail in the stocking aspect? And once you graduate from individual stocks, there should be team stocks. Yeah, if I, you fail as a team, like, what's the Okay, so you, you can't shoot targets as a team, but you get to go home. Like, at the if there's a real-world mission, you miss your targets, you go home as a team. But if you fail as stock as a team in a real-world mission, what happens? You die. So, like, why, why are we fixing this?
1: That's a good point. It also kind of brings up a counterpoint that I think is important, too, which is, at least, when I went through the basic school, I had... Basic school also, is just... Sniper school for you guys. Yes. And you have an advanced school. Yeah, we have three different follow-on schools you can go to. You can go to Urban Sniper, Mountain Sniper, and Advanced Sniper, each with its own unique. Obviously, requisite. obviously the army needs to catch up. We just have a uh, sniper <laughs> school.
0: Won't <laughs> you guys have Advanced as well? No. Well, yeah. the SF side does have an advanced school, but not the conventional army. We, don't have, we only have one school. Oh, I thought you guys have more follow-on schools. No, we're just better than you. We only need one school. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a high angle shoot course which is in Vermont it's the National Guard it's run by the National Guard School which those dudes up there can legitimately shoot they're really good shots um, the same area that they have the high angle shoot course the US Olympic biathlon team trains out of just in Vermont which is totally cool yep. um, so that those and they've Vermont has been known for marksmanship at least their National Guard unit has been known for marksmanship um, and I think it's because they have the high angle shoot course what I will say is that New England the mountains aren't very tall, but wind and mountains, no matter where you're at, is still wind and mountains, and it, it, the weather effects up here and the wind here is, it will kick your ass. Compared to Kansas, where it's flat, 40 mile an hour winds at five degrees coming off the plains, I just five mils on my, you know, whatever on my on my
1: dials, and that's wind for the day, you know? Yeah, I will say that Mount Washington is notorious for having the worst weather in the world, so I wouldn't discount the size of those mountains. I've never shot in 200 mile,
0: mile an hour winds. <laughs> But Matt Washington <laughs> has that and I'm I'm that'd be the coolest. We could you know, I I have a good contact up there on that mountain for one of the the women that runs the uh the observatory up there. A, a platonic connection. Um we should reach out to her and be like, hey, we wanna break the world's f- like what what how do I wanna say this? The first shot to to break the world's speed record as a sniper, like what's the fastest win a sniper's ever shot in. You'd be so far off scope if you were <laughs> shooting
1: <laughs> at 200 mile an hour winds. Yeah, I'd have
0: to literally hold like, I don't know, like, I would have to dial all the way to one side if it's a, if it's a flat wind.
1: Yeah, hey, 12 full fields of view left yeah. it's going to be your That hold. would literally, that
0: would legitimately be bending bullets.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, 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 Yeah, good luck. It, I would mean, be, it would be cool to watch on Trace. It would literally be like a U. I don't think you're going to see anything. If, you, if, you, if you, you had a big enough bullet, you could make it happen. I mean, I'll leave you to that fantasy. But. <laughs> uh, you know, as, I'll do what your dad said. Just hit the pickle switch and send it. Yeah, I think if they're 200-mile-an-hour winds, I'm going to let whatever, whatever weather system is rolling through take care of the enemy. And I'll just sit back and wait for that to pass through. <laughs> wow,
0: so said the Marine Corps does have some intelligence. That's a pretty smart comment. Um, yeah. yeah, so
1: anyway, what were we saying about the, uh, the team stuff? Are, are you talking about the advanced school? Uh, I was just asking if the Army had it, and then we were talking about the high angle. High angle oh, no, we don't have an advanced school. I've talked to some dudes
0: at the schoolhouse about an advanced school. I think it needs to happen. I think they need to, once you, I, I think sniper needs to be a pipeline. I think yeah. it, I think um, you need to go sniper school, like uh, advanced sniper. Well, I wouldn't even say that. You need to go to an urban sniper, high angle or mountain sniper, and then you need to go to like a joint fires to learn how to do coordination of air ascent and artillery And then I would say from there, you need to go to advanced planning. I think the planning is the biggest one. It doesn't necessarily... And I would say movers. You need a course dedicated to movers. Yeah. You know? And then I would say you need a common X at the end of all that. Like, we're going to take all this training, put it together, and you're going to do, like, a 30-day-long mission where you and I, obviously, are the role players since we just talked about this earlier in the podcast. And, you know, that needs... that You're going to find a legitimate target and engage them. Obviously not shoot us for real, but... You get the point, like, it, it has, you have for, to
1: identify a legitimate target. Hopefully not pushed out for 30 days straight. I mean, if you want to carry all that food. Dude, I'm, I'm <laughs> in, in this case, I'd be a terrorist. I'm
0: not sitting outside for 30 days. <laughs> Dude, the candidate can. That's not my problem, you know. <laughs> I'm, a lazy, I'm a lazy civilian now. But you get the point, so. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I think, I think that's enough to talk about tonight. I think we've covered, uh, you know, most everything. that um, we should talk to you to bring up tonight, so. I appreciate you coming on, man. We get together and do another podcast, so I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's good to be on. Yeah, hopefully you can keep up and uh, do another <laughs> one. <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely give you some crayons on this as a thank you gift. So, Anyway, uh, thanks for joining the podcast tonight, guys. Uh, from the tall grass, one shot, one kill. Have a good night. Hey, good evening. Welcome to the Conventional Sniper Podcast. I'm your spotter, Justin Clutty. Uh, tonight with us uh, is Connor McGee. He will be our shooter tonight. Connor, hey, welcome to the podcast, man.
1: Hey, thanks. Good to be here.
0: So uh, for those of you who don't know, if, if, uh, for those that are listening, hey, I apologize that we haven't had a podcast in a while. I've had some issues to, with my lungs not related to COVID, uh, some burn pit exposure stuff. But if, if, Connor, if you could please explain who you are, what you are, what you did, what you do now. You know, Give us the, the background.
1: Yeah, sure. So I joined the Marine Corps in 2016, back in January. After about six months being there, you go through boot camp, you go through infantry training time, you get designators and infantrymen. I joined my infantry unit, they're running a screener, and when the scout sniper platoon runs a screener, X amount of guys will show up, depending on how many slots they have, that's how many they'll take. I was fortunate enough to be one of the guys that made it through that process. Six months later, I got sent to sniper school and I was fortunate enough to pass, and one TAC-17 graduated April 6th. So, f- April 6th of... 2017.
0: So, from 2017 to 2020, you were a sniper. Yes. So, three years. Yes. And what do
1: you do now? Right now, I just got out. I got out a month ago. I was having some issues in there, both physically and mentally. So, I just decided that it was probably time for me to step back and work on myself a little bit. But take a knee, observe. I- take a knee, observe. Just kind of check myself, but... For now, getting ready to go back to school, hopefully go down the medical route, maybe end up being a doctor, a physician's assistant, but time will tell. Well, I guess I trust you already. Anyway,
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway hey, welcome to the podcast, man. Uh, good to have you. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Connor's dad was on here at one point. He's our, our famous F-18 pilot who I quote when he said, I just hit the pickle switch and send it. So um, <laughs> for, for all of you that have, have talked to me before and have said that that's your favorite podcast, I now have his uh, son on here, so again, Connor, thanks. Welcome, dude. Um, it's it's good to have a Marine Corps guy on here, man, because uh, unfortunately I don't see too many Marine Corps dudes, except for Phil Vallejo, um, if you follow him at all, which I'm sure everyone in the Marine Corps does, but um, yeah. I don't see too many Marine Corps guys doing a podcast. Maybe it's not just because I, I haven't searched too hard for you guys, but uh, <laughs> no pun intended here on the sniper side. But anyway, it's good to have a Marine Corps dude. I think coming to the podcast, and hopefully we can have you on more, <clears throat> have you on more, It'll be good to have both sides of the coin because the Marine Corps side is very different from the Army side as far as doctrine. And I would say the training is relatively the same from what I understand, but there are definitely big differences for sure. So uh, it'll be good to have you on. Anyway, so let's do the uh, the Intel update. Uh, for those of you who are still following along or are new to the podcast, there is a discount code still active on OSOC Apparel. That's osokapparel.com, O-S-O-K, apparel.com. And the discount code is the. Sniper Podcast. It's one word, all lowercase. Well, it's actually three words, but you get the point. It's The Sniper Podcast. Get you 10% off. Help those dudes out over there. They can make some sweet swag. I think I on my third hat from them. I don't know how many shirts I have of theirs. I'm wearing their, Ernest, their, uh, their Hemingway shirt tonight. So uh, make sure you check them out. They're good dudes over there. But, uh, yeah, again, the code is The Sniper Podcast. Um, also, the... The new gathering date has been set for October 9th through 11th uh, in Texas. Um, I'm going to mispronounce the the name of the town, so I'm not going to say it, but um, if you're in the community, make sure you check out the Army Sniper Association's Instagram page as well as the Scout Sniper Association's page for the dates and the times. And I'm sure there's a – or excuse me, their Instagram pages, but I'm sure their Facebook pages have it too. But uh, just make sure you check those out, and hopefully we'll see you there. Um, Also on the intel update – The Army recently just did a graduating class of infantry basic recruits that got forwarded on to sniper school as part of uh, a test program to see if you can take basic regular recruits or infantry graduates, I should say, excuse me, and put them right into sniper school and have, you know, a graduating class with them. Uh, There were some, you know, you had to have a 270 PT score, you had to have an expert marksmanship score, you had to go to land nav. Uh, If you made those qualifications and some others, you went through a five-day screener program, and if you graduated from that five-day screener program, then you got to go to sniper school and hopefully pass. Um, And if I'm correct, it is classes 04 and 05 of 2020. But um, congratulations to those dudes. You know, it's good to hear that that's happening within the community. Um, Anyway, you know, congratulations to those guys, those top graduates as well. I understand that there were top graduates that were basic training graduates, um, and if you're a current sniper on the force, if you're Bravo Ford or uh, what do they call the Marine Corps? O three seventeen. If you're in 0317 and you have an infantry guy from the Army who's barely out of base of training and he's getting top shot or top team, you should probably go back and reevaluate your training. Because if you didn't graduate that well uh, on the list or you didn't attend sniper school but you're in a section and base training candidates are getting it, there's obviously something wrong and you need to reevaluate yourself. And you need to get there. Um, But as far as that goes with the infantry guys, welcome. Welcome to the community. Just keep in mind that this is just the beginning. This is not – just because you've graduated the school does not mean you are truly a sniper yet. There is a lot to learn. I mean, you're in for three years, Connor. I'm sure there's tons of stuff that from when you
1: graduated the school to where you are now night and day, I imagine. Oh, yeah. It was – when I graduated, I thought, hey, this is what I've been training for. This is what I'm going to do. I feel like I've I've got everything under control. And then within two weeks of getting back to my unit, so I was a late deployer, so I went out and met them. It was the huge learning curve stepping out of the role that I was used to, which was just, you know, I was a radio guy, so I was in charge of comms. I figured I kind of had this idea that go to the schoolhouse, graduate. That's what everyone talks about, it's all hyped up. Now you can bend bullets. Yeah, I, I could, like, whatever the, that movie was called, where they would do that that thing where they would just whip the bullet around it would hit the target. No I, know, I had
0: uh, Morgan Freeman in it. I can't remember
1: the name. Yeah, I mean, you know, Angela and Jolie, but yeah, you know, that's that's what I thought in my head. And then I got back to the platoon and it was like, you know, I've got so much more to learn and there's all these different applications, different things that my team leaders were covering down on that I hadn't even thought about. So it was a real eye-opener to come back realizing I've got so much more to learn and there's so many blank spaces I still need to fill. So, so was, what what would you say was like the first...
0: A epiphany moment if you can remember that you were like holy crap i have so much more to learn <laughs> like, besides besides your hey i just showed up the section and here i am like what was the first the
1: first thing you're like man i'm behind the power curve i think it was when i got my first mission they're like hey here you're gonna be attaching with this company they're gonna task you out here you guys go make it happen because i was just so used to the team leader would go deal with that and i would just plan out the comm, I would plan out maybe route cards, uh, stuff that's kind of just, it's pattern stuff, it's, it just kind of fades in the background after a while, you get so used to it, it's second hand nature, but actually having to critically think about where I was going to take my guys, how I was going to employ my guys, what what kind of SOPs we were going to use, what kind of gear would make the most sense, briefing everything, getting approval from the commander, making sure that what I had in mind would link up with what their overall plan was going to be. It was just a lot of stuff I'd never considered before, and I was like, "Whoa!" It's definitely like an in-depth process because the same same thing
0: happened to me. Like when I got in a section, I had two deployments under my belt already. I was a pretty seasoned combat dude. I show up to section, I'm like, "All right, man, I'm fucking good. Teach me meals, minutes, how to shoot shit, remember shit in my head." <laughs> and I'm I'm a you know I'm I'm an assassin. I'm Tom Cruise, you know, the Top <laughs> Gun right now. And uh, I was like, "Oh wait." There's a lot more to this. There's seer considerations. There's, there's, you know, you have the loadout, man, is completely different and it's fucking heavy. And there's not nine dudes in your squad. There's three. If you're lucky, the section comes with you in the army and you got four. Yeah. Like, all right, I got to carry medical. Just just knowing more medical as a sniper, I think, is a really, um, it's, it's, a, it's an asset that's lost. That's when you sniper's like, hey, I'm going to go get advanced medical. Like, what are you going to do, calling a bird all the time? That, you know, you're not calling in a bird in the middle of contact while some dude just got shot in the chest, if you're compromised. Like, if if I get compromised, I want to do medical, and I'm pretty sure none of these
1: schools cover medical. No, there is was, was no training. I mean, we're, we might be a little different in the Army in that it's not unusual for us to have a corpsman come out with us, mm. be like the equivalent of an Army medic. Yeah. So usually we'd have one of them attached to the team, but, yeah, if the corpsman was the guy that got hit... Most of the guys know maybe a little bit of basic stuff, how to slap a tourniquet on, but stop bleeding, et cetera. Yeah, good luck trying to get a bird in where usually teams will set up to observe a place or maybe even end up trying to execute their mission. So if you were coming out of school, what would you say is like the number one thing
0: now? You know, hindsight's twenty-twenty here, but if you were if you were new if you knew there was a brand new guy coming to your unit straight out of basic training, he's got six months in, in the Marine Corps of the Army. What would be one of the
1: biggest things that you would tell him? I think, honestly, if I was looking at it, it would be kind of a combination between like, hey, I'm going to show you how to run a team and I'm going to put you in charge of this, this section. I'm going to be kind of your assistant team leader. And I'm going to walk you through this process because that was something that, at least for me, based on the scenario that I went through, I didn't have. So it was more of just trying to get out there and get that experience. I wouldn't tell him, per se, one thing that would be the, the catch-all solution I would just immediately start putting him in these leadership roles, so that he would understand exactly how each component of the team is supposed to work. So that if he finds himself in the scenario I found myself in, he would have a better understanding of how to actually brief and execute missions.
0: Um, how do you feel about females becoming a sniper? Because this is this is a hot topic, and I didn't tell you about this. <laughs> I didn't tell you about this before we started because I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna catch him on the side with this because. Females are allowed in the infantry now, and your brother's married to a female marine right Yes is he is all right, so obviously there's there's a little first hand perspective here in <laughs> in your family, but um how would you you look at history right look at the Russians Russians used female snipers, great the israelis female snipers great the kurds mm-hmm. female snipers great
1: How would you feel about a female sniper in the marine corps I think right now with the way the loadouts are, how much weight we carry the chances of a female getting injured are just significantly higher than it is for a guy. I mean, dudes get, dudes get injured pretty bad, too. They do, but when you look at, specifically, there was, the Marine <clears> Corps <throat> went pretty in-depth with this, with their study back in 2016, when they were comparing integrated units, and there was not a single integrated unit that performed better in that specific infantry study. There's not a single one. You can pull up that study, Marine Corps integrated unit study, and you can go through all of the, all the paperwork, all the, different tests they did all the different combat
0: applications did they do an integrated study with female snipers in a female section or say an all female section or an integrated female section did they do any of that
1: they didn't do anything with snipers it was just basic infantry infantry
0: stuff yeah so I wonder I wonder then if if you had an all female infantry section or excuse me an all female sniper section if if it would I mean I certainly see the psychological aspect to this and I think that's a valid uh I think it's a valid card to have in my pocket. Do I think it's something to hang my hat on? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because there there are way more aspects to this. But I don't I don't think uh, it'd be interesting to see if the Marine Corps do. I don't think the Army's ready for it. Um, I mean, I think the Army has a hard enough time getting the big Army to accept the changing aspects of sniping. You know, as it comes to the future warfare, spa- the future warfare space. Um, I think just tossing a female into this, like, hey, guess what? You're a long gunner, man. Or a girl, like, good luck, like you and you're just gonna get lost by the wayside. You know you're not gonna your career longevity. I think
1: you know as we're as we're learning as snipers now is not it's not long. No, um, for the Marine Corps side of things, I don't think the the institution itself is per se ready for that kind of change. I'm not sure what the the institution the, at the higher level or at the lower level. Both. I think there would be a lot of. There would be a lot of friction with something like that. But there is, as you point out, the utility of the psychological aspect mm-hmm. where some of these guys in ISIS and whatnot view it as they're not going to paradise if they get killed by a woman. So there's different ways to to look at this from a psychological aspect. I just don't think that right now the community and the institution are in a place where they're going to try anything like that. But again, there there may be a home for it. Because they women are involved with different soft teams. They're involved right. with different. They're involved in everything. Yeah. Which,
0: as far as I'm concerned, hey, you're an American American soldier or American Marine or sailor or whatever. I want you in the fight. I'd rather have you in the fight than not in the fight.
1: Yeah. You know. So I think, just going ahead and saying like, hey, there's no place for you here. There's never going to be a place for you here. Would be the wrong approach. Because I'm sure if you were to find, there's there's certainly going to be a scenario where you could probably find a place for it. But I'm not going to be the guy to say, "Hey, this is it. This is not it." I just think that right now, as it is, I don't think there's a, a place right now. I think politically, it
0: could be charged pretty hard. But I, I, I agree with you in that I don't think I don't think the physicality of the situation
1: would would help their cause at all. No, with with the loads that are carried now, I remember the first mission I went on, I was carrying about 120 pounds of my ruck. That's that's and, light for a sniper. Yeah, but still, when you consider that against a mean body weight, I weighed 190 pounds at the time, so I still had quite a bit of, of mass behind that, too. But and how tall are you? Six feet even.
0: <laughs> Thanks but, for that perfect, <laughs> perfect even. Dot zero zero,
1: huh? Well, you got to make sure it's out there for the future Tinder profile. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be verified.
0: Do you, do you, on your Tinder profile, do you put yourself in a ghillie suit? Uh. You know, I've, I've never tried that. Is that something that you've
1: tried with any success?
0: Um, no, I have an ugly enough face that I can just hide behind the mask as it is. So, no, I don't. It, uh, I mean, as your dad would say sometimes, that I don't necessarily go for the... Uh, anyway, I'm going to get off this topic. <laughs> anyway, uh, back to the shooting stuff. So, <clears throat> what I would say as, as a new guy coming off, I think for the Army it's good. I think for the Army it's good because it can show the future of what this can do as an MOS. I think that's important to note because've we've we known every war since rifles have been a thing, whether smooth bore or, or you know musket or, or center fire cartridge that that the accuracy always wins the day. and I think going, fush, going forward into the future, the big the days of the big battalions and the days of the big maneuver elements are over. I think you know you, you toss up a drone and what tank you know I can hit your tank before your tank can hit my drone at 30,000 feet. You know, yeah. I, I can fly from the safety of Moscow and smoke you in the Middle East with my drone or vice versa from Las Vegas to the Middle East. You know, you're going to have to have dudes on ground that are, are maintaining the aircraft. And there has to be a launch site, which that's another target area for snipers is where is your launch site? You know, hit the pilots on the ground. takes a lot of time to learn how to fly drones,
1: Yeah, you know, especially at that level. Yeah, especially for these smaller drones where their battery life is maybe 30 minutes or... Some of these other remote control ones where the range is only a certain distance, like, say, 5,000 meters, 10,000 meters. So you, you automatically know that they're within this certain area. Yeah. So, like, uh, we talked about it before and went over it beforehand because
0: I was kind of giving you the, the hey, this is where the, the army's going and the Marine Corps needs to catch up. <laughs> but you've got, like, the DGI Phantom, right? So it's got, like, a 7,500-meter a, a range, but it's got a 28-minute flight time. Yeah. So it's got, like, a 2.5-pound payload. So we know... There within 7,500 meters, I've got a drone somewhere. So, like, as a sniper, the – I don't want to call it two-dimensional, but the one-dimensional space, the linear engagement area, as far as concealment goes, is no more. And even then, I would even say it's, like, camouflage and concealment is asymmetrical because I've got visual optics, I've got electrical optics, and then I've got, like, uh, I've got drones, right, which have optics on them, the cameras. So yep. I know that I have to hide – visually from sniper scopes per se and Mm -hmm. then i have to hide electronically from infrared and thermal so i have to hide Mm -hmm. my heat signatures but then i also know that drones and apaches or hind helicopters or like this the a29 super takana which is a fixed wing aircraft prop turboprop those all have sensors on them that can detect me Mm -hmm. so i know the old school standard of of what i see in front of me is what i have to hide from it's the things that are way up above that camouflage and concealment has to evolve to keep up with and i'm not talking about like oh let's go buy the army's new infrared and thermal camouflage monkey suit or pickle suit i got multi-cams like multi-cams do nothing i mean yes we have digital reduction uniforms but that's not it's not good enough you need another layer you know so i think as a young sniper you gotta learn that and i think it's good that the army is bringing these dudes in now at a younger age. Because these guys that have gone up against ISIS with, you know, a DJI Phantom, drop in a 3D-printed RPG warhead, they're going to be like, hey, young buck, like, you got to think about this stuff. I didn't have to worry about it when I was in, but this is where it's going. So I think it's good coming in at a young age to teach these guys about these things. Because if not, it
1: takes, it takes one warhead on a forehead, and that sniper team is gone. Yeah, it was definitely something that was never even a consideration for me when I got out of the schoolhouse. I was just so still on that one-track mindset that I came and I did what I was supposed to do, and now I know everything I need to know. And then two weeks later after graduating, I'm getting a whole new view on exactly what I'm supposed to be doing and opening up my critical thinking again because I think every Marine can relate the first six months to a year after you get out (laughs) of it. It's really different different (laughs) for a Marine. Yeah, I mean, you're in this sort of robotic limbo where – if it has a higher rank than you, you're doing what you're told, and there's really no deviating from that. Even though you might be thinking, "Hey, you know, I think that this might be a better way to handle this task," are confused why I'm doing it. Yeah, there's yeah. there's no challenging that. It's I lance corporal, I corporal, I sergeant, and that's the end of the story. I mean, it makes sense for the reputation of the Marine Corps. Like you
0: guys are, for, I, what, for what you are it guys is? are you guys are a punching bag. I hate to say it, but, <laughs> but hey, if I need someone to go in there and get an ass whipping, but give an ass whipping at the same time, unfortunately, I'm not. I'm not going to send the Army in first. I'm going to send the Marine Corps because you know what? Uh, I will admit, dude, I would not want to go to Marine Corps based training. I wouldn't. I think it's tougher than the Army for sure. Um, and I think you guys are definitely more tenacious. You know, like Chesty Puller said, when he first saw a flamethrower, like, where's the bayonet go? Like, the Army doesn't go, where's the bayonet? They go, what's the, uh, what's, how much is this way? And how much flame time do I have? How do I resupply? What's the logistics of this? The Marine Corps just goes, does it have a bayonet? Like, I don't give a fuck about anything else. I just know what happens when I run out. To how do I kill things with it? Like, <laughs> that's it, you know? So I think for the Army, again, to backtrack, I think it's good they learn these things, you know? I mean, I don't know how to defeat drones with a sniper rifle. You? No. <laughs> good luck. So, so like, how do I do this as a sniper, you know? I have to develop those extra pieces, young guy, in my teams to think about it. And I'll be honest, if I was a dude, if I was a sectional, you know, right now, just to have fun at a stock lane. I'd go find a drone somewhere in in the brigade and be like, hey, man, look, I want you to go find us in the field. We're going to do a stock lane. Can you just fly overhead? And I'm just let my dudes know that there's a drone overhead. Put us in audible range so I can hear you. So my guys begin like, all right, I hear this. It begins to register in my head that I can hear things. Well, which is better, hearing or sight? You know, it's different for every person. Some people have better hearing, which let's be honest, by the time you're a sniper in the army, you're pretty much deaf. So, you probably have better sight than you <laughs> do hearing. So, um, you know, it, it triggers in your brain that battle drill mentality like, okay, I hear this. What's over my head? Am I looking at the sky? Yes, I am. All right, I need to get at least
1: under a goddamn tree. You know, uh, it's definitely a, a whole new way to conceptualize doing concealed movements because, mm-hmm. at least when I remember going through and doing stock lanes, the last thing on my mind is what's overhead. It was kind yeah. of more what's in front of me and what's to my side and where's the where's the damn truck? Yeah, where's, a, where's my teammates?
0: <laughs> you know? I mean, dude, yeah. the army doesn't even do team stocks. Which I'm if like if you got a full team of snipers right now, let's say. So the army has teams of three, right? In a, in a team, not not necessarily in a section, but in a team, yep. like a team of three, maybe four, mm-hmm. right? Why
1: am I not doing a team stock? We don't have team stocks either. It was at a, the advanced sniper schoolhouse. It was kind of. We were doing all these different exercises, like, "Hey, here's stuff to consider. Right, things for your tool bag. Try it this way." And we did a a four man stock. You know, you leave a guy behind in the orp, send up the FFP,
0: so etc. You, you guys
1: split off onto two. Yeah, so so two, in, two in the hide, two in the surf. Yep, God we damn. did that. It was
0: it was only one time, and at and least had it, it had it go as like a, a buddy team
1: hide or a buddy team stock rather. Uh, how t- was that? It was kind of a shit show just because it was the first time any of us had ever done anything like that. So it was trying to figure out exactly how to utilize the whole scenario to the way that it maybe should have gone. And so then Like was, what? Like, I was like, going going to depth. Tell me about this. I've never done a team stock. So it'd be like one guy would be like, hey, I've had a lot of luck going through this kind of veg. to Get up there. I'm telling you guys it's this way. <laughs> and then you've got another dude going. No, no, no. I always stick to the little ditches and the, the micro terrain. Yeah. I stick to that and that's how I've always done it. I, I'm telling you guys to do this. and you've got four different methods. all trying to decide what to do with that crunch timeline in one spot. And it was, if we've been able to do this two, three, four, maybe five more times, really iron out. Like, yeah. All right, here's what we tried last time and just sort of really flesh it out instead of it being like a one and done kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Well, what I would say is that, um, it's kind of like I would take a book out of the medical world since you want to be a doctor. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> Hey, oh, here we hey go. can you
0: imagine like being in a hospital and be like, oh, what'd you do in the Marine Corps? Oh, nothing. I was just a sniper. <laughs> like, no big deal. I'm just a doctor now. It's cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I save lives as to take them. Anyway, I digress. So uh, I would take it out of the medical book. Like, right? you know, like you have a litter and like the back right dude or one dude in the litter is in control of it, right? Yep. And if he says, hey, front move to the left, guess what happens? You move to the left. If I say swing it to the left, guess what? Everyone pivots and swings to the left, Right. So, what I would do is if I was, let's say, I'm the team leader of this four-man team, right? Sure. And like, you and Joe Snuffy are going to be the actual surf site, and me and Bob Snuffy are going to be the hide, right? So we're going to be behind you. I would say, hey, Connor, you're in charge. So, Joe Snuffy, whatever Connor says, you do. If Connor says you go through the mud, you shut your mouth. You go through the mud. And usually, in my opinion, I would put the most experienced guy to do something like this. Right? The most experienced guy is going to be in the litter. He's not going to, or he's going to be in control of the litter. Not the, you know, the the robot at the front, like, oh, I'm just running along, Sergeant. You know, like, <laughs> I want you to be in charge of the team going forward because that's your command
1: and control. Yeah, I think the the other thing, too, that made that exercise unique was that it was all senior team leaders that were in this course. So it was all guys that are used to being in charge. And so there was a little bit of friction there and then just trying to really work out all those kinks to get the thing to actually go and, In the end, it kind of came together, but at the same time, we did a, I believe there was a second one where they had a roving patrol, which really shed another element to, like, I'm not just going against the observers. There's active guys looking for me out here on this lane that, again, completely changed the dynamic and opened my eyes. to like, whoa, this is way more than the dimensions I was originally thinking of it as to kind of tie it back into the whole drone aspect. You know, maybe,
0: maybe we should find a way to bring, like, this advanced type stuff to the army because the army sniper school is not going to do it so i wonder i wonder if we put together like a class and we went around to different duty stations and we're like hey we will find land for you or you can set up the land and we'll come down there and help you run this type of lane and you can work as a team and we'll work as like a counter sniper team so at any point in time you're like hey i want to do counter sniper instead of you having to go get another sniper platoon leader or coordinate outside your brigade or whatever, which you should be doing anyway. You should be networking. Mm -hmm. But so you're just like, I just want to call someone. They come down here and work counter sniper against us and just collect intel on us and see sight unseen how we would do things. Uh, We could figure out a way to do that. That'd be pretty cool. I think it'd be fun
1: anyway. Yeah. Especially in the Marine Corps where it's, you have your infantry units and they each have a sniper platoon attached to them and they're all, the different platoons are kind of on their own program that would definitely be something they could just integrate into their regular downtime white space training that they're, when they're back in the rear, not deployed, that I could see a, a pretty big application for that. Well, what I, what I will
0: say is that the the army has like role players. Like, you know, you go to the sandbox, yeah. they have like the guys that are pretending to be Muhammad Al-Akbar or, oh, yeah. you know, the Russian counterpart or the Chinese counterpart or whatever. No one has a company that's the sniper counterpart. That's like, how do we evolve TTPs, change the sniper's world perspective, on how good or how not good they are. So I wonder, just thinking out loud here, I'm sure now everyone in the world's heard this, (laughs) you and I could start something up where, hey, you send us an email and we'll come down to wherever you're at. You know, we can find a way to do funding. We can figure it out. I'm sure, I'm sure if we went through the ASA or the Scout Sniper Association we figured something out, cough guys, Um, you know, we can probably find a way to get down to wherever you're at and uh, help train that way. I think
1: that'd be a legit way to do it. Yeah, I think it's really going to the evolution of the community is really going to start to break down to these sort of outside of the box thinking solutions to the bigger picture. Going well, I mean, forward. it already has. You got every Navy SEAL and Green Beret,
0: fucking excuse my French Marine jarhead dude in the world that's like, I'm going to go teach you guys how to do shoot for pistol, or let's talk about ready ups and magazine changes and adrenaline, adrenaline, adrenaline. You're going to have this issue under fire. Well, no one says, hey man, your snapper team. I'm gonna try to draw it up in your stock lane. I'm gonna find you, and you're dead. Oh, and by the way, over dude over here who had the funyuns for lunch, uh, in the OFP or the ORP, excuse me, before you set off on your stock lane, you dropped one. Like things like that, were like, hey, here's what, like, when you go to through stock lane at schoolhouse, right? Yeah. Did they take pictures of, like, when you gave your roster number when you shot? And you had like a, a film of what's happening and you could see yourself in real time so you could analyze yourself as a, as a, as the boogeyman, as I like to call it. Did they have anything like that for you?
1: They didn't take video. They took pictures. So they would take a picture from the front, from the side. But they did behind. they do it from the observer's position, from like the dude in the truck? No, it was not from that position. It was from the walker's position who's right next to you to show you what your veg was like from their perspective. It wasn't from a truck's perspective. From a distance, right? No. I think I think both needs to happen. I think I think uh,
0: it has happened locally, to you, like within ten feet. Yeah. Because like, I mean, if I can see you within ten feet, like, dude, thirty feet away can see you. So if I'm a roving patrol, or I'm I'm trying to infiltrate a uh, a patrol base, or I walk through a patrol base by mistake, like, all right, I need to be cognizant that if I'm out on patrol, I should assume I'm being observed. It's like the number one rule every sniper learns. Hey, I'm being observed, right? Yeah. So I need to take the nastiest, dirtiest, toughest route to get through. So if I can be seen moving through or herd moving through, then the enemy's probably going to find me out. So I need to learn that through training. But then the other aspect is, okay, I'm setting up an urban hide. I'm setting up. Uh, we're going to call it woodland because every time I say rural, like my New England accent, rural, rural right, it comes out like that. And I can't say it correctly. So we're going to call it call it woodland. Right, anything outside of an urban area, in yeah. the woods or out in a, in a big open desert well I guess I'll just say desert for desert but you know like I need I need to know what I'm actually doing because I, I don't have the ability to be like man that tree that I just walked in front of that I thought I was fine I got smoked because I wasn't paying attention to my surroundings I wasn't looking up because I'm too busy looking on the ground Yeah, you know I mean I know like you gotta learn about the you know the concept of patrolling and stuff but like I, I need to know those things and I don't know maybe we can figure out some way to do that we can we can help evolve the community. It doesn't even have to be shooting. We don't have to do live rounds. You can do that on your own. But as far as the camouflage, you can see them, and I think, I
1: think we can help evolve that. Yeah, I mean, it's something that you can sort of take to take as deep down the rabbit hole as you want to go with it, on and on and on. But, yeah, I definitely think that there's a place for that kind of thinking and that kind of just giving people the perspective that, hey, you're not just in this one-dimensional space. There's There's more to it. That would really help the commander, too, because... How many times do you see uh, a commander be
0: like, hey, you're just going to go attach this platoon or you're going to go sit over here or you're going to go be PST for this, but they don't really have like an enemy sniper element in the area that's actively collecting intelligence on them. Every JRTC, which is in Louisiana, which is like your wooded like certification for going down range, you have to pass there in order to go down range or NTC rotation, which is the desert version for mechanized guys. Yeah. I've never really seen like a I mean, JRTc has a sniper team, but organic to Duty Stations, I don't I don't see that type of training where a unit comes there is like, "Hey, I need a counter sniper during my squad stick lanes," you know? Where I'm gonna, yeah. Do, you know, you do like your your uh your dry, your blank, your live iterations. No one gives them a dry iteration of, "Hey, I can see you walking out here and this feel like an idiot." You know, I mean, you get it at school. That's yeah. why it's a stock lane. But outside of that, you get nine dudes in a section, you can't really do Team stocks, yeah. You know what are you, you going to do? Are you going to put like one team stocking by themselves and two teams watching? <laughs> like if I'm really gonna in, if I'm really gonna use my full sniper section, like we know for example the Russians right now, and they've been kind of doing it for a long time. This goes back to like the Battle of Stalingrad when they had sixes. They're using a full on section to envelop an area and shape that area to let you know that hey, if you come in, you're going to die, and they'll trick you to coming in there. Like Russians are doing it now in Ukraine where they'll use a platoon size element and force you to maneuver inside of their kill space. But the mm-hmm. further you get into thinking you're maneuvering on them, the more you're enveloping yourself and just getting slaughtered by snipers. At yeah. the platoon level, no one's teaching that to our guys.
1: Yeah, it wasn't taught to us in depth either. I mean, we did have really, really solid team leaders that would come through and be like, hey guys, you need to start thinking about this, you need to start thinking about that. Right. We have the requisite experience, you guys really need to get out of this one-track mindset that the schoolhouse puts you in that the kind of blind robot right right <clears throat> so yeah i mean there's definitely a place for that and in terms of sniper employment, it's going kind to of go back to those mock missions and whatnot that's it was one of the most frustrating things in my old unit where we would be attached to a company and be like hey go check out this intersection and that would be pretty much it and there's no. I can put a machine gun team in an intersection too. It does just the same thing. You can put two PFCs there with a radio. <laughs> it's the same. They're just as capable of hitting push to talk as I am. That's true. So. Which I mean, coming back
0: to that Russian thing, that whole push to talk thing. So I'm going to coin this method. And if someone copies me, I'm going to find you. No, I'm, just, I'm only kidding. Um, so I call it the the pencil to paper method, right? So it's like like. Uh, Everyone's all. Everyone say, "Oh, back to basics." But it's not just back to basics, dude. It's it's more advanced than back to basics, right? Because we know technology is great. You know, you can watch Pornhub no matter where you're at, but like as soon as you do that, someone's gonna find a way to counter it so you can't watch it, or that you can't transmit, or that they tell you your your GPS will tell you you're at one spot when you're actually at a different spot and you're now lost. It, like. It's called spoofing. You can actually go on Amazon and buy a spoofer. It has a certain range and frequency or whatever, but you can go on Amazon right now and buy a spoofer for like 50 bucks. And if you turn a spoofer on, it will jack up every GPS system around it, including your phone. I watched actually, I watched a video of it on YouTube. A dude that accidentally bumped his button and turned it on and his phone immediately started walking the GPS dot away from where he was actually at. It just floated across like straight highways. He's like, Oh, and it just stopped a couple thousand yards away from where he was. Like, oh, okay, I'm clearly not there. I'm at my house. And he was like, "Well, that's I get it now." So we know that the enemy has spoofing capabilities, which tricks GPS systems into thinking that it's someplace when it's really not. So, as an example, if I'm at grid one two three four, and I'm spoofing or being spoofed rather, my phone or my GPS will think I'm at grid five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, Right? Yep. So. I'm not actually at grid 5 through 10. I'm actually at grade 1 through 4. Make sense? Yeah. So, like, as a sniper, no more Garmin 401s, dude. Get rid of that crap. Leave your cell phones at work. Like, don't bring that leave – that, leave that at home, I should say, not at work. Don't bring that stuff in the field with you. Bring a map. Bring a compass. Learn how to conduct reconnaissance of an area and just be like, hey, I don't know where the enemy is, but I'm going to go search for him in the stock lane. Cause at that point, the fear of the unknown is I'm not, I'm not directed towards where the truck is right now. I don't know where I'm, I'm just searching an area, searching for the area. I know the enemy's out here somewhere. I got to find him. now. Oh, the truck's at my two o'clock, 800 meters away. I'm going to just find a little lane that I can, you did it at sniper school. Sniper school's over. It's time for you to evolve. No more. I know where the truck is. Need a, a 360 stock lane, man. You get put in a middle of a thousand meter grid and be like, all right, dude, find the truck. That's the way it should be done. And I don't want to say this is like like an expert-level thing. Like you've graduated from the basics at sniper school, time to learn the expert-level thing. But that's not. That's kind of the basics now. Oh, what about a stock lane at night?
1: Yeah, I don't think that's something that was ever even mentioned or considered. I know we don't do stock lanes at night at our school. No, we don't do it at ours either. And I know snipers operate a lot
0: at night. That's why they shoot at night. We can shoot at night, but we can't stock at night. So maybe it's time... I'm being, you know, I'm being really harsh on this podcast. <laughs> I was supposed to have, like, a nice smooth, like, come through. And now I'm like, ah, I've been watching you guys, for, like, since January. And I don't know what the hell you guys are doing, but the, the, sniper needs, the sniper needs to step up. I got it. Shooting takes a lot of time. No doubt. But learning how to stalk, you can just go get a training area with no live rounds and practice all day. You can be home at night. You can take the day off and go in at night and do a stalking. If you're if you're really worried about, I don't want to take my full day. It's okay to crawl, walk, run. So do a, a dry, blank, live format. All right, well, dry is going to be, I'm going to do stock lanes during day when they come out of school to test their proficiency as a new sniper. And then I'm going to do a day lane with a team. Now I'm going to do night lanes as an individual and night lanes as a team. And then I'm going to add day lanes with roving patrols and a night lane with roving patrols individual and team, and I'm going to do day and night iterations with drones, thermals, and roving patrols, day and night iterations, and then I'm going to add in individuals and teams. That's and Oh, and by the way, after we're done with all that in the woods, then we're going to go to urban and do it all over again. That should be, there should be a table, like in the army we have tables, tables of fire, right?
1: Yeah, we have the same thing. Yeah,
0: so there should be a table of how to conduct a training range for stocking, and it should go in that order in that iteration. Individual team day night increase the levels of difficulty etc etc. That's I mean if I if I had my way and I was the sniper star major of the world that's <laughs> the, that's the way I would do it is I would go to doctrine which it, if you're I don't know about the Marine Corps but in the Army they publish it's like in the first second it's like the first two or three pages and it's like a DA form twenty two something and you go in there and it recommends changes to doctrine. And I'm gonna look it up while I'm talking, but actually I'm looking at the old FM. Anyway, but you should be able to find in there on how to recommend changes and maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe I'll find I'll find a way to recommend a change or something like that. Because that's that's something that's that's got to change.
1: Yeah, I mean we have the same thing, there's the recommended way to go through and change pubs. I don't think the the Marine Corps sniping pub has been updated since the seventies. <laughs> It's been pretty steady with what it is. I will say that I do like the emphasis on the basic skills, map and compass, not an over-reliance on technology. However, where I do think the... The pencil-paper method. Yeah, pencil-paper method is is definitely alive and well in the Marine Corps'
0: schoolhouse. You can't hack a pencil, man. You can't shut a pencil down. You can't detect a pencil. You
1: can't hack good fundamentals either.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, that's... That's a seriously good point because a a pencil never fails. Well, I mean it does, but you get you get the point, like
1: yeah. it's it's a fundamental of writing. Yeah, it's just those fundamental skills as an in infantryman that or a sniper rather. Well, yeah, it comes I think the two are correlated. There's a lot of crossover. You can't be a good sniper if you're not a good infantryman. Well, they are technically the best infantrymen. That's how they end <laughs> up as snipers. Yeah. I mean, look at every
0: every infantry level, right, the best infantry dudes are snipers. I mean, you look at it at the conventional level, you look at it at the unconventional level, you look at it at Delta, you look at it at, like, I don't know, the FBI, you know, their BORTAC, all of their conventional, or I should say, the tip of their, their, their premier units, the premier guys in those units, are snipers. They're not like, oh, I'm a breacher. No, dude, you want to be the sniper, not the breacher. I mean, it's cool to go in and kick ass in the doorway, but... <laughs> Eventually, you become the sniper,
1: in that's, my opinion. It's the graduated level of being an infantryman. It's where, if you have the talent, the endurance, the wherewithal, that's where you're going to go. Yeah, it's true.
0: So, to come back to what I was saying about the form, for the Army, it's a DA Form 2028. And you're going to end up sending that to the Maneuver Center of Excellence. So, if anyone out there is listening and you want to make that change for me, I mean, I'll, I'll do it. I don't care. I will probably will now that I've said it. Um, if you look in the new TC, the email address is in there, and it says to submit an electronic DA form twenty twenty eight. So I haven't looked at the DA form twenty twenty eight. Maybe I'll I'll make some calls and get it done. But I think it's time to change. There has to be a table in here, and I didn't. And maybe I I missed it. I'm sure an instructor is gonna be like, well, there is a table for training and improving stocks, but you don't do a team stock at Sniper School, but yet you can fail because you have a teammate in the shooting aspect. So why can't you fail in the stocking aspect? And once you graduate from individual stocks. There should be team stocks. If you fail as a team, like what's the Okay, so you, you can't shoot targets as a team, but you get to go home. Like at the if it's a real world mission, you miss your targets, you go home as a team. But if you fail a stock as a team in a real world mission, what happens? You die. So, like why why are we fixing this?
1: That's a good point. That also kind of brings up a counterpoint that I think is important too, which is at least when I went through the basic school, I had... Basic school also- is just... Sniper school for you guys. Yes. And you have an advanced school. Yeah, we have three different follow-on schools you can go to. You can go to Urban Sniper, Mountain Sniper, and Advanced Sniper, each with its own unique Obviously, requisite. Obviously, the army needs to catch up. We just have a uh, sniper <laughs> school. Well, <laughs> not you guys have Advanced
0: as well? No. Well, the SF side does have an advanced school, but not the conventional army. We, don't have, we only have one school. Oh, I thought you guys have more follow-on schools. No, we're just better than you. We only need one school. <laughs> we do have a high angle shoot course which is in Vermont it's the National Guard it's run by the National Guard School which those dudes up there can legitimately shoot they're really good shots um, the same area that they have the high angle shoot course the US Olympic biathlon team trains out of just in Vermont which is totally cool yep. um, so they, those and they've, Vermont has been known for marksmanship at least their National Guard unit has been known for marksmanship um, and I think it's because they have that high angle shoot course what I will say is that New England the mountains aren't very tall, but wind in mountains, no matter where you're at, is still wind in mountains. And it, it the weather effects up here and the wind here is it will kick your ass. Compared to Kansas, where it's flat forty mile an hour winds at five degrees coming off the plains. I adjust five mils on my you know, whatever on my on my dials and that's wind for the
1: day. You know? Yeah, I will say that Mount Washington is notorious for having the worst weather in the world, so I wouldn't discount the size of those mountains. I've never shot in two hundred mile mile an hour
0: winds. <laughs> <laughs> but now Washington has that and I'm I'm that'd be the coolest. We could you know, I I have a good contact up there on that mountain for one of the the women that runs the uh the observatory up there. A, a platonic connection. Um we should reach out to her and be like, hey, we want to break the world's f- like what what how do I wanna say this? The first shot to to break the world's speed record as a sniper, like what's the fastest win a sniper's never shot in. You'd be so far off scope if you were <laughs> shooting
1: at 200 mile an hour winds. Yeah, I'd have
0: to literally hold like, I don't know, like, I would have to dial all the way to one side if it's a, if it's a flat wind.
1: Yeah, hey, 12 full fields of you left yeah. it's going to be your that would literally That would
0: legitimately be bending bullets. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah, good luck. It, I would mean, be, it would be cool to watch on Trace. It would literally be like a U.
1: I don't think you're going to see anything. If you, if you had you Do you a big enough bullet, you could make it happen. I mean, I'll leave you to that fantasy. But. <laughs> uh, you know, as, I'll do what your dad said just hit the pickle switch and send it. Yeah, I think if there are 200 mile an hour winds, I'm going to let whatever, whatever weather system is rolling through take care of the enemy. And I'll just sit back and wait for that to pass through. <laughs> wow,
0: you so said the Marine Corps does have some intelligence. That's a pretty smart comment. Um, yeah. yeah, so anyway, what were we saying about the, uh, the team stuff? Are uh, you were talking about the advanced school? Uh, I was just asking if the Army had it, and then we were talking about the high angle. High angle oh, no, we don't have an advanced school. I've talked to some dudes at the schoolhouse about an advanced school. I think it needs to happen. I think they need to, once you, I, I think sniper needs to be a pipeline. I think yeah. it, I think, um, you need to go sniper school, like, uh, advanced sniper. Well, I wouldn't even say that. You need to go to an urban sniper, high angle or mountain sniper, and then you need to go to like a joint fires to learn how to do coordination of air, assets and artillery And then I would say from there, you need to go to advanced planning. I think the planning is the biggest one. It doesn't necessarily, and I would say movers, you need a course dedicated to movers. Yeah. You know, and then I would say you need a Callman X at the end of all that. Like we're going to take all this training, put it together and you're going to do like a 30 day long mission where you and I obviously are the role players since we just talked about this earlier in the podcast. And you know, that needs that you're going to find a legitimate target and engage him. Obviously not shoot us for real, but you get the point,
1: like hopefully it, it has. You have to for, identify a legitimate target. Hopefully, not pushed out for thirty days straight. I mean, if you want to carry all that food, dude. I'm, I'm a, <laughs> in this case, I'd be a terrorist. I'm not sitting outside for thirty
0: days. <laughs> the candidate can. That's not my problem. You know, I'm a lazy. I'm a lazy civilian now. But you get the point. So, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I think I think that's enough to talk about tonight. I think we've covered uh, you know most everything that um, we should talk to you to bring up tonight. So. I appreciate you coming on, man. We get together and do another podcast, so I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's good to be on. Yeah, hopefully you can keep up and do another one. (laughs) I'll I'll definitely give you some crayons as a thank you gift. So, Anyway, uh, thanks for joining the podcast tonight, guys. Uh, From the tall grass, one shot, one kill. Have a good night.